When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Woodburn Corner, the West Bromwich Albion podcast that would take our manager in a fight over anyone else's. Uh, I am Graham Brown and I am joined today by Kieran Doody. Hi Graham, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm brilliant, thank you. So, so today, of course, is all about uh, the big man, Darren Moore. We were at his um, press conference unveiling, so what we thought we'd do today is talk through the key points from there. Uh, we'll discuss the potential machinations, where that leaves Albion. We're going to bring you all the audio, all the key moments from there. Um, and we're also going to talk uh, the, the coverage of the um, unveiling of Darren Moore, Asked some questions about the future of Kieran Gibbs. We're also going to talk about that, speaking to uh, West Bromwich Albion reporter Paul Seward about what he understands as the latest of that. Um, I think probably most people listening, were, uh, you know, Kieran um, wavered a little bit towards the end of the season, but most people listening would be probably happy to sort of park the left back problem and uh, uh, and and move on to something else. I don't know whether you, you, that that would be your position, I guess, Kieran. You're willing to stay, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely. I think it took us that long to find a left back in the first place. <laughs> you don't want to let him go after twelve months, do you? No, I'd say exactly. So. I mean, I've got an awful lot of time. I and mean, I actually think um, Gibbs will come into his own in a team that has more of the ball. I think the problem with yeah. Gibbs is he was he was trying to kind of get his head around the fact that you know a left back for the Albion's job is to stay behind the centre right, to, to be on the halfway line and make sure that. Um, Ahmed Aghazi does his job really. Yeah, <laughs> bit different to his time at Arsenal anyway. Yes, yes, and I, I'd imagine it's probably going to be more reminiscent of that next season, or at least you'd kind of hope. hope. Um, well, so let's get let's get into this. First of all, let's start off with uh, with Darren Moore um, talking about the issue of his backroom team. Obviously, he's been already been assisted by Jimmy Shan and Neil Cutler, and the question over the uh, assistant head coach. Yeah, I know. I know the um, there's still an addition or uh, team backroom team uh, staff to come in but at the moment I'm staying with uh, James Shan and uh, Neil Cutler um, and then of course in, in due course you'll, there'll be another member added to the to the team. What sort of role will they be playing? Can you say who they'll well, I presume you can't give us a name yet? But... No I can't give you the name yet but the, the, the person will be uh, the assistant head coach. So, uh, so, what are your thoughts on this? I've got a very, very specific um, view in mind of what I think Darren Moore's assistant head coach is. What do, what do you think? A lot of people have been talking about Paul Robinson. Well, yeah, to be honest, if you were going to... He'd be the first thought, just because, you know, they're all teammates. He's just retired after working on his coaching part-time at mm-hmm. Blues. And he's obviously looking for something to do. But the problem is you've got... It, he's going to need experience, so you can't have someone in the same boat as him as his assistant. You're going to have to have someone that's been there and done it. Um, who that is, I've done, literally, you have no idea, do you? Because there's nothing to base your opinion on because we haven't seen Darren Moore do anything like this before. So, yeah, it could go anywhere. No, I mean, I think the, the I and mean, I think it's really important that it, that it's it's very very structured how they do this. So it's worth yeah. saying that I mean, 
as is often the case with a weekly podcast, it's quite possible that, that time will be against us, and by the time you listen to this, you already know who it is. Um, we, do, we have, incidentally, no idea whatsoever. The, uh, my view on it is that it's absolutely imperative that it's someone with, that is dripping with experience. Um, the, uh, I, I mean, while it would never be, my number one choice would be uh, would be Gary Megson, but I'd imagine it's probably more likely that Mark Jenkins would employ Princess Diana than <laughs> Gary Megson. So I think that's highly highly unlikely. That's but um, but I think someone um, someone who, when it comes to it, when when it all goes wrong, as it will at some point, has known things go wrong before. The, 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 the issue with Darren Moore is he's had six games he's managed his career career, and they've all gone great. Yeah. To he be honest, he's under twenty three career. Didn't really have a bad patch either since yeah. him and Shan were in charge of it. So, so what do you do? What does he do when you know you've lost three games in the round the championship, which is going to happen? You know, yeah. if if you look at the, the kind of history of all the other clubs that have gone down, Middlesbrough this season, Villa last season, invariably, no matter how much you spend, it takes some sometimes to acclimatise and, and things can go wrong. And I, um, no one can tell me that Darren Moore knows the answer to that. When it's happening, when when everyone's low, when morale's low, when everyone feels like they don't know their position. It needs someone that's that's dealt with that before. That's in a three game, that's in a three game losing streak, come about and known what to do with it. So, so I mean, it, it is. You could pick any name out of the hat, but the, I would like it to be a name that I would recognise. Not, 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 yeah, not recognised because they've managed England before or anything, but someone who's been around the game for long enough that they that they know the answers. Uh, they need um, kind of uh, street smarts, don't they? I think that's the thing. Yeah, I think with Big Dave as well, he's obviously got. There's so much love for him in the game. He could pick the phone up to anyone, whoever the assistant ends up being. Yeah. He could still speak to past managers, people that he's met along the way, and they'd be happy to help him. So I think it's gonna ha- it's got to happen. We are going to have a bad run next season. And I think he seems really laid back. I don't think it would affect him that much. I think he's got, he's got enough friends in the game to help him through it. Yeah. Which is probably what the club are thinking as well. I, I, am I still having... It's funny when we've all had our say on, on Darren Moore in the, in, on this show. I'm still to be convinced. I still think it's a really, really kind of challenging job. And I, uh, but I think you know the, the the head coach is a figurehead for everything that's behind it. And I think and I think he's. Um, I'm glad he's been given that opportunity as a figurehead. But but we need a machine that knows how to respond to it. And you know we know very little about Terranio, so, so maybe he's kind of part of that. But fundamentally, they going to need. Uh, I, I would contest they need more than. Um, and Paul Robinson, I'd rule out. Paul, uh, Darren Moore, Paul Robinson, Jimmy Shan, and, and Neil Cutler might all be very, very, very smart people, but they do not have the the necessary um, uh, past history to be able to um, make this happen. And I think that where I'd point is, I think Stoke have made a terrific. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think Gary Rowett is Mr. Loyal, but uh, <laughs> but it's a very, very, very astute signing. You know, he's a man who absolutely knows that place, he absolutely knows his targets, he, I would imagine he absolutely knows his backroom. Um, yeah, that Darren starts at a significant disadvantage to him, I'd say. Well, of course he is. It's his first job. Is it a disadvantage to anyone? Isn't it? Really? Yeah. We'll see. I guess. I mean, the, the things like uh, we've talked about it before. If if he he could be the man to to make some of our better players stay, then it could be an absolutely genius appointment. Um, I guess the next thing along it is transfers. So um, so I don't know that we necessarily moved um. Darren from his uh, from his chair on transfers, but Mark Jenkins did talk about it. So this is what he had to say. We know player brought in without Darren saying yes to that. There's you know that's always been the case when I've been the chief executive here. Um, <clears throat> there's no point bringing players here that Darren doesn't want because they're simply not they won't play. It's just pointless. 
Um, so Darren will have a key part in the recruitment process. And do you know yet what his budget will be? It will be obviously a very strong budget because obviously we've just been relegated from the Premier League. Um, but as I've always said, it's not how much you spend, it's what you spend it on. I think clearly the last 12 months have demonstrated that in that the club have probably misspent in areas. Going forward, we just need to work harder on our recruitment, uh, work harder on many areas of the business and take the club forward in that way. Uh, okay, so we haven't talked about it a lot before, but it's going to be there's probably be a, a period like no other um, at Albion. Um, do, do, do you feel more confident about about what this this close season is going to look like with having heard from Jenkins? There, yeah, I do like the idea that he has the final say because my worry was he was in as a coach, he was going to be given players to work with, and he had no say on who they were. It wouldn't have been his team. Yeah, I think that isn't that is assuring that. Jenkins has said he has the final say. But then again, <laughs> does Darren Moore know the type of players he needs? Because he hasn't had to build a team to gain promotion from the Championship before, has he? Do you know, if I had to guess, I would say that that's just football rhetoric, that Darren Moore has a say. But the, the, I mean, the, the, I suppose he might have a kind of a right of veto or anything. But I mean, personally, it's, it's another thing I would say. Is Albion have had a, in the, in the past, a really, really strong recruitment team. And, you know, Let's say we go back to the time when it was uh, it was Dan Ashworth and Roberto Di Matteo. Personally, I'd have wanted Dan Ashworth to have the final say on, on, on signings. He knows players better than he does, and he's 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 in the, he's in the club for the kind of longer term than he is. Um, I'm not that aerated really about whether or not Darren Moore is or isn't the um, the vanguard between signing a player. Or not. I think it's imperative, as you as you say. There's no point in signing a player ain't going to pick, but um, but you know he's made a success so far in his career of. of um, playing play, players, none of whom we've signed. I think the most important thing is they get the right sort of player and they move things. And the pace is the main thing. Um, yeah. You know, I was, I was talking to someone the other day. He was he was hoping that you know this might be the um, impetus to keep Craig Dawson. I find it hard to believe that that will be the case. I think if he was a, if his agent went to the trouble of negotiating a clause in the first place, if we we're already talking about Palace and Burnley and so on, I would imagine even if Albion, as they probably will, will go back and say, right, we'll, we'll maintain your Premier League pay, he'll still say no, I'd guess. Well, yeah, but I think everyone is a bit more optimistic that players will stay because he's got the job, so he clearly does have a relationship with them. But then the, the other issue is if you don't know Darren Moore and you, you're moving from another country, how do you... Like how does he stand out from other managers to sign a player? But he's a relatively unknown, isn't he? Really outside yeah. of these parts, so that's the other concern. And I mean, if you, if you can't keep hold of the players that we want want to keep, then it's a case of how is he going to entice players that we need to replace them? To be honest, I actually think at Championship level, I mean, they've got. They, I think it's important that they are working in the international market, and the advantage in this international market is they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know either way, really. That what Albion have in the international market, as as compared to no one but three or four teams in the Championship, is money. Albion can pay players forty grand a week next season. They might need a um, that they, they. I would imagine they'll have contracts that flex down as their um, as the parachute payments go down. I'd imagine they have contracts that say if um, if we don't get promoted this season, then you can go for X amount. But fundamentally, Albion can pay more than all but we're still going to be in the top forty teams in the world for. Um, for budget realistically so yeah. with that in mind they're, they're going to be able to kind of bring people in but to be honest I, mean, I noticed forgive me because I don't know his name but they were linked with this kid from Fleetwood Town and, and I actually think I'd be glad to hear that I would think that uh, Moro would principally want kind of honest brokers really you know I mean, yeah. I'm just saying a little bit Tony Pulis issue this but um, but he would 
I can see him wanting um, established British players who've played at lower lower yeah. levels before to supplement what we already have. I guess. I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw under Gary Megson as well. Just you know, he's not. They're not going to be big names. They're going to be players that you know are going to work hard. I mean, he know he's already said he wants players that are prepared to dig deep. It's not all about talent. So yeah. I do think we are going to see a bit of a step back in time next season and it's not going to be the, the football we've, it's not going to be as bad as Pulis I don't think but at the same time it's not going to be expansive attacking football like a lot of people seem to expect no, and that ain't the way you get out of the championship you know to talk to Steve Bruce about yeah. that the um the term I don't want to hear this this summer is marquee signing <laughs> I think I think that's the I, I think if, if Darren wants to, wants to move in the direction of kind of replicating a a uh, Gary Megson, but I would also say a Sean Deitch approach of yeah. sign the right people, the right kind of people, rather than sign the right the right kind of player. I actually would, um, I would, I would agree with that. I think it's interesting how a uh, an Italian football director that's come via Turkey fits into that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's as it happens, he probably knows less about the personalities of players in English football than you and I do. I'd guess. Well, yeah, by the looks of it, I don't really. That still confuses me. That does. I don't understand why he's there. Because it's a six-month contract for one. Yeah. So how is he going to... After the initial impact he makes this summer, or works towards, he has no... You have to factor in desperation. So I don't know... I think if Jose might know this about the night, but did they know they were going to lose garlic when they sacked Hammond? You know, essentially, mm. in Britain, True. there are only... Yeah, I'd say a third of the of the specialist technical directors in uh, in Britain have have been at Albion at some stage. You know, there there aren't a lot. You know, it was always kind of a given that Nick Hammond would come from Reading to Albion because we were the we were the only club that really worked that way. Um, and uh, and I'd imagine there might have been a degree of desperation about that recruitment because they've lost their two, um, you know, the, the two people who who are, who are supposed to be out there negotiating players running their scouting networks and so on so they kind of had to do something I, I don't know I, I really hope it kind of works out for the best and no one possibly can know at least he comes with a comedy yeah. moustache I guess <laughs> yeah. and glasses yeah so, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly so the next thing uh, we'll go on to yeah, Darren Moore we did get to Darren, Darren Moore to move a little bit on style of play the fans can expect I mean as I said about the, the, the league has many many different challenges many many different hurdles and um, you know they'll they'll see a team that when it's needed to play football will play football and compete against uh, the very very best or all teams in the division. But also there'll be a team that's willing to uh, sort of fight and and scrap for every ball because there's those challenges ahead in the season as well. So there's many many different challenges, but we've got to create a team here um, at West Brom that when those challenges come, we're well prepared for it and. Um, and, and, and looking forward to those challenges. Darren, what's your coaching philosophy? My coaching philosophy is uh, to um, build a team that um, enjoys working hard football, playing, playing uh, like I said, attractive football when it's needed to be, but also a team that has um, the different dimensions to it that dependent on what hurdles that this championship has to throw up at it, has the uh, qualities to deal with it uh, mentally, physically, uh, as well as being uh, good, astute players. Okay, so uh, Kieran, as uh, the it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, we've got this kind of a, we're in this post Pulis era. 
I mean, I would always make the case that there isn't another equivalent of Pugh. People put, lumping him with Sam Allardyce and Sean Dyche and so on, when actually he was far, far, far more aggressive than they are. But there remains this concern amongst Albion um, fans that um, whoever the next manager is, and particularly in, yeah, particularly Darren Moore, is going to return to those um, to that kind of way of thinking. Are you one of those fans as he appeased you? Where, where do you stand on and on style of play? It's, see, I don't think we can base him on them six games just because... You know, it was horses for courses, really. He knew. The reason it didn't work under Pardew was Pardew was trying to be the opposite to Pulis. And yeah. it couldn't be because he, it was a Pulis side that we used to play in a certain way. Darren Moore come in and he knew that if he went back to basics, they'd pick up results. And that's what he's done. I think I do think that it, he, he, said, he said there that, you know, he wants a team that can play that way. But he also wants a team that can, you know, create and play well. You know, I don't, to be honest, I don't think we have any idea what his style of play is or philosophy is yet. No. Until we've seen it. One thing I mean, team. a little thing I would say is that style of play wasn't reminiscent of the under-23 style of play. Well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nothing like the chalk and cheese. So you can yeah. jump to that conclusion. I mean, would you take a... Uh, it's a bit loaded, this really. But, you know, Gary Megson got us up winning 1-0 and stopping the opposition from scoring and having bigger players than they did and having players who know their position and shouting at players who weren't in their position... Would you take that again? One hundred percent. It's it's how you get out of the league, isn't it? I mean, I mean, we look at Wolves. They're a bit of a one-off, I'd say. If you look at the promoted teams, the way they've done it, even Cardiff coming in second, if Villa win on Saturday, they've done the same thing. It's you make yourself hard to beat. The league, the league has changed a lot since we were last in it, but the the fundamentals are still the same. You have to be strong from the back. Mm-hmm. And then work from there. That's the only way you're going to get out of the league. So yeah, and I'd agree. And to I be honest, I don't. I think sometimes I think fans need saving from themselves. Really, this is more about eras than it is about style of play. No one was mm-hmm. really criticising Tony Pulis' style of play when we were finishing eighth. Um, it's what fans want to see is you outperform the expectation. I think the big concern this, and I feel like, fear I say this every week, is that the expectation is higher than the reality now. If I had to guess, yeah. we finish bottom half next year. But the expectation, and probably even my expectation, knowing knowing this fact, is that that it's failure if they don't get into the playoffs. It's such a huge turnaround that it's just it's just no kind of given, and that for me is why. Just to round up on Darren Moore. He's probably got a bit of a poison chalice, really. He's that's got... that's what worries me. I think there's this, for some reason, we've got this attitude amongst fans at the minute that we, we're this pillar of expansive football, and that's exactly what we're going to get now. Pulis is gone. We're not at all. <laughs> if no. you look back through the decades, I mean, seventies and eighties, yeah, a year with Tony Mowbray. Other than that, I've always seen the same style of football since I've been watching it. I don't, I'm not sure about you. Well, it's very similar. The uh, so, Megson has been prevailing on Albion ever since he was there. Really, yeah. he, the, he set a culture which which I think flowed up to Peace and Jenkins about signing again the right kind of personalities. I mean, Albion um, Albion have signed a lot of um, of six foot four plus players. You know, even kind of before Pulis came, um, and you know, it's, the, the, there are there are sort of teams in this era that. Um, that are your kind of Pulis and Allardyce sort of play at teams and, and, and we are one of them and I mean yeah I, I, it chimes doesn't it really Albin are a, a gritty working class team and for me uh, yeah. that, that, kind of, that, that, that kind of goes next to it and, and my favourite moments of supporting the Albion were often when they didn't play very good football um, oh, definitely yeah, under Gary Megson at the, the greatest great blah 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 blah. it wasn't that, that, it was about yeah. overperformance. it was about a group of players playing for the shirt and overperforming and just to wrap up a demo, I think that's exactly what you're going to get. 
Yeah, exactly. I think we will as well. So, uh, just to the final thing is, I like from the coverage that came out from the um, Darren Moore and Valley was talk about Kieran Gibbs. Um, he didn't actually talk about him, but uh, but there's been some sort of chatter in the background. So. Um, I had a talk, chat earlier on with uh, Paul Stewart, who was the man that we sent to the um, Darren Moore and Vane. So I started off talking to him about how he found Darren Moore and, and, and where he uh, where it's going from. But he also um, he also talks about what the latest is with Kieran Gibbs, as he understands it. Just finally, we also talked about stage standing. It's had a we've we've seen some progress in the last um, twenty four hours before recording this. So this is what uh, Paul Stewart had to say about that. Chatter about in what's. Uh... Okay, so I'm on with Paul Stewart now, who's our man that actually went to the uh, to the Darren Moore unveiling. So, uh, Paul, talk to you. How did you uh, how did you find him? Uh, hi, Graham. Uh, definitely a, a whole lot more relaxed. Um, I think it'd be fair to say, and he was obviously put in a very uh, delicate position as a uh, caretaker, and, and and couldn't really gain anything from being too honest during that six game run. So, um, it's his kind of mantra of one game at. A, time you know we not me and you know all those things and, and you know obviously non-committal when he when he talks about wanting the job um or his future in that um respect uh, you know he, he was uh, able to to flesh out uh, a lot more things and, and and answer a bit more honestly really um and it uh, was nice to, to to see really and and it was nice to see him certainly a lot more more relaxed, having you know finally got the got the nod from the board. What do you think the key moments were in terms of his uh, as if his press press conference? Do you think he, do you think he kind of gave, gave away anything particularly interesting for you? Uh, I suppose um, he was kind of obviously asked about um, how we can be a role model for other um, young coaches, but of course specifically other other young black coaches. You know. Um, with, with so few um, in the game and, and, and not at all um, represented um, accurately, so he, he kind of gave some nice nice answers on that. But I think um, he was also also quite telling what he what he said about transfers and, and, and certainly what Chief Executive Mark Jenkins said is, is that it's Darren that will take a, a, a lead on that, and, and no no player will join the club without. Darren say so so he, he'll um, have a very very big part to, to play on on recruitment uh, along with the technical consultant uh, Giuliano Tarano I think that's a, an interesting area really I, I, I kind of got a sense coming out of it that Albion are they are they aren't going to Albion this they're going to spend big this summer am I, am I getting too carried away there what, what do you reckon to that end uh, well um, I suppose it's, it's all, all relative they will have a, a budget that is very competitive in, in the realms of the championship I think that's, that's fair to say and you know Jenkins has, has said um, a, a strong budget I think were his, his words um, whether that is uh, a strong budget depending on what the club receives for the likes of, of Solomon Rondon and, and, and Nasser Chadley and uh, players that will you know naturally attract big big fees and, and kind of reinvest in that or, or whether or not there's, there's actually a kitty in addition to, to cash that comes into the club. I mean, that kind of remains to be seen. You know, Jenkins is a, is a spend what you earn kind of guy, isn't he? So, um, but I think, I think they will have enough cash available um, to really have a, have a good go at assembling a squad that is, is certainly capable of, of, of top six, you would imagine. And on that line, um, the, one of the names that's been talked about a lot in the past week is Kieran Gibbs. It, it seems, you know, 
there's going to be a massive kind of outflow of players, and and you know any anyone who's been in any way useful be useful to keep them around. What, what's your understanding of the latest with um, with Kieran Gibbs? Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing kind of um, whispers that kind of uh, align with with Gibbs's kind of comments recently of, of kind of letting the fans down and, and, and things that and the players didn't do enough that that, that Gibbs will kind of stay and uh, lead the fight or at least play a part in in Albion's. And fight to get back into the Premier League. Um, obviously, Ben Foster and Chris Brunt have spoken publicly about committing their future, and um, we do understand that Gibbs um, could also be be joining them. But it's um, it's all very um, it's a bit vague at, at the moment, and, and you've got to remember as well. Kieran Gibbs was was pretty much a Watford player last last summer, and uh, changed his mind at the very last minute to, to join Albion. I think had agreed, been agreed, hadn't it, between Arsenal and Wolves, and they were just discussing personal terms, and and Albion nicked him from right under Watford's nose. So um, you can never say never in football, but it does seem as though Gibbs um, could be staying on to uh, to give promotion a, a crack at, at the baggies. I think that'd be a, a popular move. So, so just finally, while I've got you, I mean, safe standing's an issue that's really interest of, of interest to Albion fans. I think there's been some progress, hasn't there? What's, what's the latest with that? Yes, uh, Damien Collins, the um, Minister for, for Culture, Media and Sport, has um, moved things on quite dramatically, really. He spoke last night about um, lifting the blanket ban on uh, on standing in, in all stadia, um, not just um, tiers beneath the Premier League and the Championship. So, um, and, and kind of offering the choice to, to individual clubs and their chairman and, and and, and support base, um, which is um, really is a massive step forward, and, and obviously, of course, West Brom have, have been a leader in this field. They've um, offered um, their services as, as, a, as, a, as a pilot scheme um, for safe standing potentially in the in the Smetherkend, um, and a, a campaign to get signatures for the matter to be discussed in Parliament was was kind of gathered momentum after a, a rejection to, to West Brom on that pilot scheme so um, West Brom definitely been in the, the forefront in, in this matter and, and it does seem like there's, there's big momentum now towards towards a, a change which uh, it seems that a lot of fans want and I, I do think there's a, a debate in Parliament now due in uh, June the 25th I believe uh, That sounds like uh, massive progress um, Paul, thank you ever so much for, uh, for joining us again this week, uh, always great to have you on Okay, that's great. Thank you to Paul for that. Uh, it would be remiss of me to let another Woodman Corner go without our regular feature of all the things we love about Alan Pardew. Okay, more of that next week. Uh, and thank you for joining us again this week on Woodman Corner. Uh, thank you, Kieran. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for having me again. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously be uh, we'll be right back at you as soon as Albion make any kind of major movements in the transfer market. We might uh, we might come at, uh, come at you with a. Um, breakout podcast but if not see you next Thursday